So this is apparently the new bin Laden. Uh, his name is Nasrallah. He's the head of Hezbollah, the party of God. He is a total terrorist maniac in Lebanon. And today he went globally viral with a four and a half hour speech where it was all death to Israel, death to America, all that stuff. But he seems to watch a lot of TV. Uh, he knows that Joe Biden is very, very weak. That seems to have fired him up. And he also knows that we did, yeah, suffer a humiliating loss in Afghanistan. And this has made us vulnerable. Uh, people don't respect us anymore. And he looks like he wants to do something really horrible to the United States. He may have signaled to terror cells in this country to do your business, to unleash your dragons on America. I'm told by national security experts that we know right here at Newsmax that this man, based on what he said today, has become a legitimate military target for America. We can and probably should take him out. Listen to this. You, the Americans, remember your defeats in Lebanon. Iraq, Afghanistan, and your humiliating withdrawal from Afghanistan. Those who defeated you in Lebanon at the early 80s are still alive, backed and supported by their children and grandchildren. It got a lot worse, too. And all these creepy signals about what could happen to us if we mess with them, if we stick up for our ally Israel. And did you hear he's talking about the Marines they killed 40 years ago this month? Remember the truck bombing? Some guys are still alive who are responsible. Well, let's get them. Let's get them. Look, I'm speaking emotionally, but that's how I feel right now. Something bad is about to happen in America. It really is. And it's going to be different from 9-11, but possibly worse than 9-11. 9-11, as bad as it was, you know, four planes, the Pentagon, Shanksville, and the World Trade Center, 3,000 people dead. It's going to be different and possibly worse. And you know it. I know it. Look at our border. How long can this go on? How long has it gone on? We know the terrorists are here. Remember, they used to have to come in through airports, and we missed them. <laughs> You think we're the airports, at least we knew they were kind of here. We didn't follow up on anything. They're here. They're here. And everybody knows it. So 9-11, something worse. And let me ask you something. Are you ready? Are you ready for the next terror attack? Imagine that an EMP, an electromagnetic pulse bomb, which Iran is said to possess, detonated somewhere over America. Do you know it could fry every single circuit? every single computer chip, every single microchip, we would be blown back into the Stone Age in a second. And what will we do? Do you have enough water at your house? I don't. Do you have enough food at your house? I don't. I got to start looking at this stuff. We got to start talking about it. I, we got to do research. I mean, our government is not helping. You know, not too long ago, actually, post 9-11, the government was actually good for some things. Yeah, they tried to keep us safe. They made some terrible mistakes. But when it comes to public service announcements, this is pretty good. What's in your go bag? Socks. My identification. Definitely some money. Power bars. Underwear. 
Warm clothing. My cellular telephone. Toothbrush. Toothpaste. Water, batteries, radio, phone. Clarice, my wonder pug. Medical things. Fruit roll-ups. Water. You gotta have water. A map. A Bible. There's not a heck of a whole lot. Now for the right answers. Check our website or call for a free copy of Ready New York. Get prepared. Put things in that bag. The bag, the to-go bag, the go bag. Yeah, if you're... <laughs> If you can't live in your house anymore because of a terrorist attack or you got to evacuate or whatever, you got to have the. And this is from the state government of New York. And on the website, they had, you know, you may want to get batteries. You may want to suck up on water. You may want to do this, that and the other thing. That's what government is for. Now, what do we have government for? Hmm? This is government in New York. Kathy Hochul, virtue signaling at a gay pride parade, right? This is what passes for leadership now. Hey, look at me. I'm with the gay people. What freaking difference does it make? We have serious problems right now. And I guess it's up to us to fix it, right? Seriously, us, not them, not the Democrats, not the media, nobody, but us, we the people. Isn't that the preamble? What, the Declaration, the Constitution? We the people, we the people. They've got all the institutions, they've got academia, they've got media, they've got, you name it, they're running it, but we're the people and we've got power. And we can't just sit around this weekend watching football, watching the woke football. <laughs> We got to get active. I have to emphasize this again. I'm sorry. I don't care if it's corny. I don't care if it sounds inadequate, but we have to be busy. This is it. This is time. Ready? It's simple, too. What do we do? Okay. Give money. Give money to political candidates. Maybe raise money. You know that a thousand donors, one dollar, a thousand donors, that's a thousand times better than one guy giving a thousand bucks. It really is. The grassroots, it's real. What else can we do? Let's see here. We can post on social media. You know what? Yeah, I know it's kind of a waste of time at times, but that's where the conversation is happening. Too many people are keeping their head low. Oh, boy, if I say something wrong, my boss might get mad. You know what? Just go for it. Do it. Write letters to your congressman, your councilman. Of course, you got to vote. And you know what else? You got to know your rights, okay? Yeah, vote, of course. But you got to know your rights. Some people don't know. Actually, I saw this go down the other day. Somebody tried to break up a group of people because they had 10 people. And they said, you know, anything over five, you need a permit. Excuse me? Yeah, anything over five, you need a permit. And they kind of like went their separate ways. Well, in the Constitution, it says we have the right to peaceably assemble. We're allowed to gather. We can do it as long as it's peaceful. And yeah, we're allowed to own guns too. And if the apocalypse happens, might be uh, something you want, just might be. The other thing, never rely on the media, all right? You know, here's an example, a Trump rally. You ever watch a Trump rally from beginning to end? I mean, not let, what the, not let the media give you a little snippet of something they misrepresent as a horrible thing, he said, but listen to the whole thing, all right? You can do that. Because you'll have an entirely different view of President Trump if you actually watch this stuff and not let the media bend and distort it. How about this? Did you hear about the Durham report? Maybe. Did you read the Durham report? I can understand if you didn't. It was hard to find, but it exists. This is a report about FBI corruption and all the horrible things they did to get Trump. This was buried, but it exists, and you can read it. What else? The indictment of President Trump and the other, there are four or five, whatever. You can read it. You can read it and you can go to 
Well, count two and see how bogus it is right off the top. You know, count two actually says that Rudy Giuliani is in trouble because he left a voicemail message. It's right there, count two. And we found the voicemail message. He was indicted because of this. Mr. Speaker, this is Rudy Giuliani and Jenna Ellis. We're calling you together because we'd like to discuss, obviously, the election. Hey, Brian, it's Rudy. I really have something important to call to your attention that I think really changes things. I understand that you don't want to talk to me now. I just want to bring some facts to your attention and talk to you as a fellow Republican. The indictment alleges that was a furtherance of a conspiracy. For, you're allowed to try to talk to lawmakers. You're still allowed to do that. But they're counting on um, regular people, you know, not knowing that, thinking that this is something, well, thinking that it's more serious than it is. It's a joke. And we can find this on the Internet. You can read it. Why not read it? Why not blow off the real housewives or dancing with the stars as they exploit every single one of us? They want us numb. They want us dumb. Remember what Sam, Ad not Sam Adams, Edmund Burke, Edmund Burke. Nobody made a greater mistake than he who did nothing because he could only do a little. He could do only a little. Does that make sense, right? You may not be uh, a titan. You may not be a senator, but you can do something. And whatever it is, figure it out and do it. We all have to sacrifice, all right? Everything is on the line. We're losing our country. And I heard a speech from the former commandant of the Marine Corps, General Jim Jones, on Memorial Day, actually. And he talked about the struggle that we're facing. And he alluded to the greatest generation, right? Remember what those guys went through? World War II, Normandy, Guadalcanal, and the rest? Talk about sacrifice, huh? I can blow off uh, some stupid show on Netflix that's making big tech richer and find something civically minded and, right? We all can. Let's stop. Let's stop and get serious. I hope this makes sense. And most importantly, we all got to get closer to God. At least I do, all right? That's how I feel. I, um, and I can tell you, when I'm doing it right, everything is better. Everything is better when you're in that book and you have a relationship with God and Jesus. Because we have a lot of work to do and we'll need his help. Joe Biden and Kamala Harris are destroying this country before our very eyes. They are. These two people are actually beholden to Barack Obama, the shadow president, and these, forgive me, very silly, ignorant women in the squad, right? These, this is the heart and soul of the Democrat Party, right there. And you know why Tony Blinken always looks so nervous? <laughs> you notice? Let's take a look at this guy. He's always nervous and weird because he knows that the left of the Democrat Party, he's got to, he's walking a fine line. He really is. He can't antagonize the left. They're worried about the Arab American population in Michigan and possibly losing Michigan in the election. They're not thinking about the country and national security. They're still hung up on that petty nonsense. And what is this guy's problem, by the way? Uh, there are no guarantees about anything. As a general proposition, and maybe even more specifically uh, in the context of um, the, uh, the fight against Hamas, to take action to prevent it, 
to take action uh, against those who perpetrate it. So this is important, and we will be uh, looking uh, closely to ensure that um, our, our friends make good on that commitment. Regardless, our determination uh, to get, uh, get people back um, is manifested every single day in our efforts to, to, do, uh, to do just that. Well, uh, John McCain said out loud on the floor of the United States Senate that this man is a threat to national security. And that was a pretty good demonstration right there. In the meantime, I hear the fake news saying that somehow Israel is losing the PR war. Israel is losing the public relations war. Okay, there's a real war that they must fight and they must win. But losing the public relations war... The Jews have always lost that war. They've always been lied about and maligned and worse, right? Systematic extermination, right? If they had a better PR department, I guess, you know, uh, they would tell the story better of what a great, strong, intelligent, amazing people, right? They, the, the PR war is being lost. It's like they all forgot about what happened on the 7th of October. Very quickly... I want to put up the population of the Arab world versus the population of the Jewish world. 1.8 billion Muslims. How many Jews are in the world? 16.1. Huh? Wow. And somehow they can't find room for Israel. Right? This is the Middle East. Arab world. Arab world. Arab world. Arab world. Arab world. Half a finger. Israel. And they want to take that from them, too. The PR world, they talk about civilian casualties. And civilian casualties do happen in any war. I talked about this last night. Women and children, you want to minimize it. But it always happens in war, always will happen in war. And that's why war should be the last resort. Right now, it's necessary. Golda Meir, the legendary leader of Israel, said something remarkable. When she was alive, and I think she died in the mid-1970s, when peace comes, we will perhaps in time be able to forgive the Arabs for killing our children. But it will be harder for us to forgive them for having forced us to kill their children. It's an amazing statement. I know. Don't be offended. I know exactly what she means. They don't want to do this. They've been forced to. They're not targeting them deliberately. It's an offshoot of war that Hamas started. God bless Israel. I'll be right back. I, as of today, am a candidate for the office of President of the United States. in this city just don't even seem to care. Some people in this city, with some very brave exceptions, apparently don't have the spine or the moral courage to fix it. Ladies and gentlemen, let me in there. I will. And we know that this country is plagued by many challenges now, not the least of which is hatred and division, which is greater than any of us have experienced in our national life. And it is our job to create a vision of justice and love that is so powerful that it will override the forces of hatred and injustice and fear. 
Wow, Marianne Williamson uh, declaring her candidacy in Washington, D.C. That's the city she was talking about. Her second run for the presidency. Uh, in 2019, she was on the debate stage with Joe Biden, giving him the business. It was really something to behold. You know Marianne Williamson, of course, the best-selling author, political activist, spiritual thought leader. Uh, that's the upcoming book. And her classic, I believe it's called A Return to Love. Basically, every woman I know has read it. Marianne Williamson, welcome back to Newsmax. Thanks for being here. How are you? I'm good, thank you. Thank you for having me. You bet. Now, listen, I have to offer this disclaimer. You and I actually, uh, I, my sense is we disagree on politics. However, I do think you're a force for good uh, in the universe. So uh, do me a favor. Just take it from here. What do you want to say to our viewers tonight? Well, thank you. Thank you so much. And I think it's interesting. You were talking about how we have different politics. I think we all have to come out of our silos right now. I think that the deepest conversation we have to have is as Americans. I don't think it matters totally who's on the left and who's on the right, who's Jewish, who's Muslim, who's Christian, who's gay, who's straight, who's black, who's brown, who's white. After all of those terms, there is a hyphen, and then there's American. And I think we all have to remember that the first principle of the United States is that we are many groups, and we are tied by common fealty to a certain set of principles. And we need to go back to that, that all men are created equal, that all men have inalienable rights of life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness, that governments are to secure that, those rights, and that if the government not, isn't doing its job, it's the right of the people to alter it or to abolish it. Now, at this time, as much as Abraham Lincoln said that the men who died on the battlefield at Gettysburg, he said that they died so that a government of the people, by the people, and for the people would not perish uh, would not perish on this earth. It is perishing now. Whether you're on the left or the right, people can see we are now a government of the corporations, by the corporations, and for the corporations. So the real ideological divide at this point is not left versus right. It's a dichotomy between the powerful and the powerless, between those who have money and greater access to money and those who are simply struggling to survive. And that's the conversation that I believe we need to be having as Americans. Okay. Listen, you mentioned uh, a lot of that sounds great, um, but it's our right. I I think you said at some point to abolish it. So let me just make sure. I mean, oh, I'm not suggesting we do that. Right. I thought it meant. Okay. So you uh, believe that was the you, that was the Declaration of Independence. I was quoting the Declaration of Independence. Very good. Very, not okay. Phew. Uh, because we had to abolish that system. So you believe in the U.S. Constitution? Yes, we can amendment. But you believe in our basic way of life? I'm asking. Uh, yeah, yeah, uh, uh, what it's supposed to be, which is that all people are free to be who they want to be, do what they want to do, as long as it doesn't hurt anyone else. And I believe that the first principle there is that it's government's job to broker individual liberty, which includes uh, economic financial liberty, with a concern for the common good. That's the first principle of the United States, to which all of us uh, should, uh, uh, should pledge fealty in our hearts. All right, now let me ask you this. You went through the political system in 2019, 2020, you yeah. know the political mm -hmm. system is, I think, thoroughly corrupt. You came in as an outsider. I have a feeling if you sat down with President Trump, who, like you, never ran for office, well, you did run for Congress once, but you were basically an outsider, mm -hmm. that you guys would have a lot mm -hmm. in common. Your, your critique yeah. of the system might actually, you might see eye to eye on a lot of things. Fair to say? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, yeah. I mean, I think that, that that issue of coming in from the outside, and I think we would even say some of the same things, but 
I don't believe that uh, Donald Trump really means a lot of what he says. Donald Trump claims to be for the common man. Donald Trump uh, did not govern this country with, uh, with loyalty towards the uh, to, towards the average American. He, he, you know, he passed the 2017 tax cut, $2 trillion tax cut, where 83 cents of every dollar went to the highest earners uh, and richest corporations. So he gave a lot of talk about really caring about the common man. So you but, think, uh, like Marianne, do you think, and I, I, I don't want to dwell on this because I know our differences, but do you think that he just fooled half the country that that was all an act and we fell for it. You don't really, you think that the common man, and quite frankly, I count myself among common men, um, that we were fooled, that we don't have the intelligence to you know, figure out that he was actually, we believe, genuine, that the whole system that gave you a hard time went out to destroy him and his presidency. I just have this sense that you guys have more in common than you might think. Maybe I'm wrong, I probably am, I guess. Well, no, I mean, listen, we're, life is not that simple. Life is quite complicated. But, you know, uh, Jared Kushner said in an interview that he had been sitting at McDonald's with his father-in-law. And he looked around and he said, you know, there are a lot of angry people out there and we could harness all that anger and make you president. And yeah, I think a lot of it was an act. And I think that it, a lot of it was to try to uh, close the deal, as it were, to harness some of the worst aspects of the American character in order to gain political power. Now, I know very smart, good people who voted for Donald Trump. And I'm not saying, and listen, they think I'm, uh, listen, we don't all have to agree on everything. So no, I'm not saying anything about, uh, no, I, I'm not saying anything like people were played. I'm just saying what I believe about him. Yeah. He's right. not he's not in my mind good for this country. We disagree and that's fine. Let and me that's ask fine. you this. I, I, that's I realize, fine. That's fine. I realize what station I'm on here. Here's something <laughs> that I think we might agree about. Uh, I okay. think Joe Biden is um, in a free fall uh, mentally. I think he has no integrity. I think he uh, showed that to be the case throughout his career. But look, you're running for president and you're running against Joe Biden. So your thoughts on Joe Biden? Well, I think that Joe Biden has taken an incremental approach to trying to make uh, lives better for people. And I think that we need fundamental economic reform. I think we need universal health care. We need tuition-free college and tech school, both of which they have in every other advanced democracy. We need uh, subsidized child care. We need paid family leave. And we need a guaranteed living wage. That is what they have in every other advanced democracy. And I don't see where the promises of democracy that are given to the citizens of other countries, not as rich as we are, should be uh, denied to the average American. We have 70% of Americans who say they live with chronic economic stress, 62% of Americans who live paycheck to paycheck, one in four Americans who live with medical debt. We have over a million people in this country who ration their insulin. You don't have this in any other, any other advanced democracy. We have carcinogens in our food. If you, if you, they don't have in any of these other countries. If you look at a ketchup bottle here versus a ketchup bottle in Canada, and you see the ingredients that are allowed here that are forbidden in other countries, we are ramping out up fossil fuel extraction when we need to be ramping it down. We, are, the, the Pentagon is basically just the piggy bank for the defense industry. Uh, people are upset, and I, once again, I don't think all these things are left versus right. 
if you have if you need an operation and your insurance will pay for you to go to the doctor but it won't pay for you to get the tests you need or, or you're among the 18 million Americans who cannot afford to pay for the prescriptions that the doctors give them this is not left versus right it's free democratic society in which public policy supports people's inalienable rights of life liberty and the pursuit of happiness All right, very good. versus what we have become right which is basically an oligarchy rather than a democracy I want to make sure and again look half of what you said I agree with half I <laughs> totally disagree with you but and that's are okay. you a, that's that, okay. okay only in a totalitarian society are we supposed to agree with each other about totally it? totally uh, are you a socialist no no just checking well, I mean actually. some of that stuff you know, is socialist like well, what, what do you call the police department? What do you call the fire department? There are some things where it's considered, where the society says, these are things which should be, uh, uh, which every person should have a right to. That's our public school system is that. You know, this whole socialist boogaboo is just a narrative that is created to make anybody afraid of anything, which actually has to do with the government being used to help people. I don't see anything wrong with governmental policy helping everybody rather than just a few people. Yeah. Right now, in policy after policy, it, it helps people who already have capital get access to more and 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 is and is certain to make it harder for everybody else just struggling to survive look many of us feel that government that doesn't make me a socialist i think that makes me an american uh you can be an american and be uh, all those things but a lot of us feel that when the government gets involved uh, the problems get worse, and we can make that case. But look well, again. You're, so, do you're, you believe, therefore, so, so do you believe, therefore, that we shouldn't subsidize to the tune of billions of dollars these companies that are already making billions of dollars in profits, such as big pharmaceutical companies, big oil companies? Yeah, pharmaceutical, big the oil. There's all involved? kinds of reform. I'm just talking very, very big picture. The government getting involved, to me, from the 1960s onward, I think so much of it has been destructive to American families, especially black families. Look, and final word, if you don't mind. If people like your message and want to help you, how do you how do they do that? And what do you need going forward? I, I need the ability. First of all, I need people to hear me, and I need people who do support the campaign uh, to support it financially. You can find me at Marianne2024.com. M-A-R-I-A-N-N-E. Uh, Marianne2024.com, and I appreciate the opportunity to be on your show. And you know, you remind me there's a there was a, a phrase from uh, Eisenhower, President Eisenhower, that the American mind at its best is both liberal and conservative. I think that's true. So it was probably on to something. relationship at its best. I like mm -hmm. Ike, and I actually like you, Marianne Williamson. So good luck. <laughs> Thank you. And uh, come back. Thank you. You bet. You bet. Thank so. you. Thank you so much. Have a good one. Folks, it's happening. Newsmax Plus is here. Millions watch Newsmax for the best on cable news. Now, Newsmax is expanding with Newsmax Plus. It includes all of Newsmax's shows, Greta Van Susteren, Rob Schmidt, Greg Kelly, Eric Bowling, and a lot more. They're all on Newsmax Plus. And you get incredible analysis from Mike Huckabee, Dick Morris, Alan Dershowitz, Carrie Lake, and many others. No one covers President Trump like Newsmax. No one in the press asks the tough questions about Joe Biden like Newsmax. Newsmax Plus is fighting for you. So take a free test drive with Newsmax Plus. Just go online to NewsmaxPlus.com. That's NewsmaxPlus.com. Sign up for a free trial. It takes just minutes. Go to NewsmaxPlus.com and get the special code and you can watch Newsmax Plus on our free app on your smartphone or on your home TV set. Millions are making the switch to Newsmax. You should too. Do it today.
It would sure seem like especially the Mar-a-Lago case is the most serious. The Mar-a-Lago documents case was a threat to our national security. It's very serious. We have to consider that Mar-a-Lago is the most serious case right now. You know, they say it enough. They actually think it's true, but it's not. The Mar-a-Lago documents case is the silliest, weakest case. You know, President Trump uh, was... I mean, qualified to see anything the American government had ever, ever produced. He was allowed to take literally whatever he wanted to with him. When he left the White House on January 20th, he was president. When he arrived in Mar-a-Lago that day, he was still president of the United States. He could have had half the government documents with him, three quarters, anything he wanted, he could have had with him legally. This is the stupidest case, but they're counting on regular people not having a clue about classified material. But you know who does know about classified material? People in the swamp. And people in the swamp know this is a huge charade, a game. And they're getting away with it, although they were just dealt a setback. Take a look at this so first. Uh, George W. Bush, for president, uh, first a leak, now a jam. President Bush, this is all the way back in 2006. Now read this with me. It's a little bit longish, but it's important, okay? That President Bush authorized an aide to disclose classified intelligence on Iraqi weapons comes as no shock to official Washington. Next it reads, the leaking of secrets has long been a favored tool of policy debate, political combat, and diplomatic one-upsmanship. So President Bush, as president, is leaking stuff to reporters, to whoever, right? And that's just, yeah, that's just the way it's done in the swamp. They know it, and they're counting on regular people being, ooh, classified documents, this sounds serious. It's not. This is a bogus case. And the case was dealt a setback today as Judge Aileen Cannon said, you know what? We're going to delay this classified trial for a while. I'm going to get back to you on when it actually will take place, if it will take place, because, well, she seems to know that they're playing a game here. That judge, I'm sorry, the prosecutor, Jack Smith, that mysterious guy, you know, he indicted President Trump twice in a couple of weeks. And he wants the trials to take place within like two months of each other. It is ludicrous. Now, He's not getting away with it with Judge um, uh, Eileen Cannon, but he is so far getting away with it with Judge Chutkin. Judge Chutkin seems in on it. She's the one presiding over the January 6th case, which I think they want that to proceed in January. It's ludicrous. You know, the regular run-of-the-mill January 6th defendants, they get a year of prep time before they actually have to go to court. It is a great big scam. Looks like President Trump is winning, though, again. I'd like to show you this. Uh, that goofy judge and the woman to his left. This is the, the people presiding over the other trial Trump is going through, the business one, the state fraud one, whatever it is. So that woman there, um, she also works for Chuck Schumer, or did work for Chuck Schumer. And Donald Trump doesn't like that. And he's pointed it out on Twitter. And he's actually kind of made fun of the arrangement. Like, what is this Trump-hating clerk hanging around with Chuck Schumer and now hanging around with this judge. You're allowed to say things like that in America. It would suggest that the judge is not neutral. I mean, if she was working for Schumer, look at, way, look at the way Schumer talks. 
Even for a practical, supposedly hard-nosed businessman, he's being really dumb to do this. I think the president should be tried. I hope he will vote to be convicted. Anything past that um, is something we can discuss, but it, he deserves conviction. Nothing less. And she knew how to deal with children. And that's what helped her deal with Trump, because he ultimately was a child. All right, so he hates Trump, right? Liked him before politics, hates him now. Anybody who worked for him, who's working for a judge, that's a problem. And in America, we're allowed to point things like this out. President Trump pointed it out on Twitter. He's allowed to defend himself. He's allowed to make political points. And you're allowed to talk about public officials. You are. It's still America. I think he's going to win this case ultimately as well. All right. Next, remember that Congressman Bowman, the uh, curious congressman, pulling down those emergency signs and pulling the, uh, the fire alarm. I mean, this is a criminal offense. Obviously, everybody in the world knows, and he just got caught pulling the alarm. The media are still treating it like it was a traffic ticket or something. I mean, look at, look at how gentle they are. You weren't straight about what happened initially. I was very straight. I was straight from the very beginning. You so. said you didn't know, though. I was straight from the beginning. Someone yes. did invoke that today on the House floor, though. What's that? A, 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 that incident, the fact that you had Come on, been, man. You've actually pleaded guilty and he is still just being charged. Yeah, whatever, man. That's all good. Any other questions about anything else? But, but can you just explain why you no, said that man, initially? We already talked about this. Anything else? All right. Please do not answer. All right. So they were pressing him a little bit, but you see, after it was done, he just walks away and they leave him alone. George Santos, the Republican from Long Island, right? The guy who, uh, I guess, embellished his resume. Not nearly as badly as Joe Biden did, by the way. Look at this. Mobbed everywhere he goes. How could you say that you were in the volleyball team when you weren't on the volleyball team? How could you say you worked for J.P. Morgan Chase when you actually worked for uh, uh, Main Street Bank? I mean, <laughs> he didn't pull a fire alarm. He didn't put lives at risk, whatever he did. And the hypocrisy, you can see it right there. He's totally mobbed. And the other guy who pulled the fire alarm, you know, care to answer some questions? No? Okay, good night, sir. Good night, sir. Uh, what a crummy system. I'll be right back. All right, so this, in my book, just might be the number one terrorist in the world. He went uh, globally viral today. His name is Nasrallah, the Hezbollah chief. And... Uh, well, he said a lot of creepy things today and hinted that somehow they were coming for the United States and uh, everything was going to burn on fire, and uh, including Israel. Very creepy guy. Um, you know, America is under assault. Our facilities overseas routinely attacked by uh, Iranian forces, forces at least loyal to Iran and loyal to that Nasrallah guy. And it looks like they're coming here next to America, American soil. I'd like to bring in our panel, Fred Flight, senior fellow, American First Policy Institute, veteran of the Trump administration, and of course, Gordon Chang, author of The Coming Collapse of China and the Great U.S.-China Tech War. Fred, today seemed like an important day with this Nasrallah guy shooting his mouth off like that. What, what does it mean? I think it means that Hezbollah is a serious and a growing threat. But if you read this very carefully... I think Hamas was disappointed because Hamas wanted Hezbollah to enter the war, to declare war and start a direct full-in war against Israel. And as crazy as the things we heard today, 
Uh, Nasrallah is not prepared to do that. He said his troops are ready for anything, and he's ready to tie up Israeli forces at the border, harass Israel with missiles. But I think at the end of the day, you have to remember that Hezbollah is also a political party in Lebanon. It's a party that's losing influence. The economy is in bad shape. So as much as Hamas wants them to come all in in the war, today Nasrallah did not decide to do that. All right. But he seemed to be like kind of speaking in code and talking about the attack on our Marines 40 years ago. And and and, and Gordon, you know, I really feel like this uh, sending a signal maybe to terror cells in America. Am I you know, is that possible? It certainly is possible because Iran has operatives here. Got to remember that on September 11th, the 22nd anniversary of those horrible attacks, when Biden exchanged prisoners and, and released six billion dollars, he also gave clemency to Iranian operatives. And instead of sending them back to Iran, he released them into the United States. Uh, you know, Iran is operating in our soil. They're holding some former Trump official, uh, Trump officials under terror watch. Um, so really right now, I think that uh, we've got to be concerned about what Iran will do and what China will do on American soil. All right. Now, uh, Tony Blinken went over there. My goodness gracious, this guy should stay home. He spoke uh, to the world and the assorted press. Can we put the video up, please? He looked like somebody stole his lunch money again. Um, you know, I don't think he got what he wanted. Also, he was looking for a pause, a ceasefire. We have no business demanding such a thing. I feel like, seriously, Fred, he's doing damage to our, our image, uh, our authority. It's dissipating with people like this running the show. Yeah, this confused, halting way of speaking is almost as bad as Joe Biden. I wonder if he prepares before he goes abroad. And by saying, well, you know, we want to pause in the fighting and not calling what he's calling what he's really calling for a one sided ceasefire where Israel stops attacking and Hamas does not, which obviously Israel won't agree to. Uh, I, I just think he's he's really hurting our relationship with Israel. But look, Netanyahu, he understands Biden. He knows that he's going to go wobbly. I think Netanyahu is playing this right. All right. I want to put up that map, please, if we could, of all the uh, targets that have been hit, American facilities that have been hit in Iraq and some in Syria. A lot of folks don't know we still have things there. I don't think anyone has been killed uh, by a missile, but we have had some casualties. You know, I, I, I heard the Pentagon spokesman say yesterday, well, if you're overseas, you know, mortar attacks are basically a fact of life and you learn to live with them. Or is this something, I mean, I was like, wow, I mean, but that is true, but that's actually in war, a time of war, what should we be doing, Gordon, in response to all these attacks, 27 attacks on our hardware and on our people? Well, obviously, the airstrikes of about a week ago didn't work because there have been about nine raids uh, and attacks on Americans since then. And as much as people don't want to hear this, I think we need to put the IRGC out of business. We need to hit them. We need to hit them hard. we got to make sure they can't get back up again. That will send a lesson, not a, a message not only to Iran, it will send a message to China and Russia. Now, I know that that sounds drastic, but we're in a fight for survival and we cannot allow our enemies. We can't manage our enemies. We've got to meet them on the battlefield and we've got to defeat them. All right. I'm with you. But at the same time, Fred, real quick, I only have a few seconds. If we start throwing missiles around right now, 
you know, it's going to feel like World War III. It's going to feel like a situation that's getting totally out of control. But maybe it is already, and maybe, maybe we need to do something. I want to see the leadership of these Iran-backed militias in Iraq and Syria hit very hard and their headquarters destroyed. But I do not want to see the United States attack Iran without consultation with the U.S. Congress. It's an act of war. I don't trust Biden to do that without Congress. I think there should be a declaration of war, at least consultation. No bombing of Iran without congressional consultation. We need you guys in the White House, and I ha hope it happens in 2025 on President Trump's side. Thank you very much, Gordon Shang. Thank you very much, Fred Flights. We'll be right Thank back. So, Eric Adams. Looks like he's going down. I think he's in trouble. Everybody's saying he's in some sort of trouble. He's a very goofy man, no ability, no integrity, no intelligence, and he's a racist, and somehow he's the mayor of a big, great city, formerly great city. Looks like the FBI is checking him out, scoping him out. Uh, they went to his top fundraiser's house yesterday. They seized several iPhones, laptops, a folder labeled Eric Adams. They did it. By the way, we're told because they knew he was out of town. He was down to visit Joe Biden. The Biden administration may have ordered this. But unlike President Trump, this guy, we think he's really guilty here of something. All right. Keep your eye on this story. Uh, and he went to Turkey seven times, seven times to Turkey. Why would he do that? Seven. I mean, I, I like to travel, too, but seven times to Turkey. He's not Turkish. It looks like Turkey entities there may have been setting him up with all kinds of cash arrangements. That's what they're looking at. Here's what I mean about Eric Adams, though, before all this, being goofy and lacking intelligence and integrity. This is a great city, and I'm the Biden of Brooklyn. I do the boogaloo. I salsa. I'm a black man. That's the mayor. Every day in the police department, I kick those crackers' ass. Don't stand in front like you treated someone that's on the plantation that you own. One of my best gifts, as you know, marijuana is legal. I have bamboo. Oh. <laughs> yeah, just smoke some weed on TV. That's really, really cool, really inspiring to... The young people, especially young people of color in this city, it is a disgrace. So is he. And I think justice is about to be done. I'll be right back. So Newsmax Plus, you've heard about it, right? You really should subscribe. It is a great deal. All right. Now we have Newsmax 2. That's free and streaming. But uh, Newsmax, the main Newsmax, you got to sign up for it and you got to pay for it. But you get a lot more than Newsmax and Newsmax 2. You get all of our archive stuff. You get original programming, documentaries, movies, all kinds of fantastic educational, entertaining stuff. We've already signed up for it, my house. We love it. It's uh, not very expensive. It's like buying uh, lunch, all right? Like, uh, like lunch at McDonald's, okay? Like with a coupon. It's not bad. Um, please go to NewsmaxPlus.com. NewsmaxPlus.com. You can sign up. The trial is free. There's a code. You can download the app for free, and it's, um, it's really great. All right? So, uh, look, capitalism, right? Um, it's not a bad deal. It's not, and it's okay to charge a little bit of money for some great content. NewsmaxPlus.com. NewsmaxPLUS.com. Thank you very much. I will see you next week. Have a great weekend.